We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. From the Clark Ford Studio in Oxford, Mississippi, MBW Digital proudly presents the Oxford Exxon Podcast. I'd say thanks for tuning in. But why am I going to give you a round of applause for something you're supposed to do, to be frank? And now, here are your hosts, Chase Parm. And broadcast school has really paid off. And Neil McCready. I deserve to be on TV. Welcome in Thursday night, hand-raised guys, Oxford Exxon podcast. Chase Parm, Neil McCready, you know that by now. We have college football on the televisions, regular season football on the televisions. Pitt, West Virginia. Tennessee hammering Ball State here in the second quarter as we're getting going just after 7 o'clock in that one. Missouri, LaTeX, Purdue, Penn State. Full night of football here with you. Also a full night of hand raised guys. We'll take your calls in the second hour. As always, uh, if you're hearing this, calls will be in another episode of the show. It'll be right above where you're at now in the feed, so just be aware of that. We separate them. We've got the show with the guest. Today's guest, Taylor Zarzer. Calls a lot of college football, PGA, a lot of stuff there from Taylor and Neil here in the uh, about 45 minutes of the first hour or something like that coming up for you with uh, Neil's longtime friend Taylor Zarzer on the show. So we will, uh, we'll have that. We'll have your calls. A lot of stuff going on here tonight. The Oxford Exxon, Highway 6 West in Oxford. This is the Friday podcast. It's got us in trouble last week, but I'll mention it again. Spaghetti and meatballs, the uh, Friday lunch special. Whatever size fountain drink you want, bread and more there at the Oxford Exxon. Still time if you had to pick up some ribs for your catering. Troy and Ole Miss, 3 o'clock from Bald Hemingway Stadium. Still have time to do that, so let them help you out with your tailgate with your catering this weekend if you so choose. If you're coming into town for football, and again, coming to you from the Clark Ford studio. Well, Clark Ford's in Amory, Mississippi, 662-257-1900. that number. Call it. Ask for Corey Clark. Tell Corey what Ford product you're looking for. He'll send you a quote within 15 minutes in business hours. Right to the bottom line. No hassle, no haggle. You get your quote. The rest completely up to you. You can shop it around or do what I've done. What I recommend that you do, and let's hop into a Clark Ford today, 662-257-1900. Uh, Taylor Zarzer and other guests join on the Rafters Music and Food Hotline. Rafters Music and Food on the Square in Oxford. Great place for coming in this weekend. Do I stop by, have a drink, grab a burger, a uh, po' boy, an appetizer, a cocktail, whatever the case may be. And I uh, enjoy some of the games on all the screens there at Rafters, especially if you go early in the evenings before the college kids take it over around 9 or so. Make rafters uh, a part of, of your weekend. Also, there's rafters in New Albany. Hand Raised Guys is brought to you each and every week by Comer Heating and Air, Southern Air Conditioning and Heating. Excuse me. Um, same great products. 
Same great service. It's just different names. Uh, if you are in the Oxford area, in the Tupelo area, get in touch with Comer, 662-801-1777. If you're in Memphis, Hernando, DeSoto County, that area, get in touch with the people at Southern Air Conditioning and Heating, 662-429-4429. A lot of stuff on our uh, network of shows, on our podcast network, also on... Um, the website at rebelgrove.com. Rebelgrove.com. Yeah, let's start with the website. We've got Neil's picks up this morning, followed by a long, and I do mean long, really, really long, but great read from uh, Brian Rippey about Jackson Dart, his family. Uh, I've had some people ask, you know, why, what do you mean misunderstood? Well, I think Chase will agree with this. Uh, Jackson Dart has been viewed by a lot of people as um, this Almost Cal- like a SoCal version of Sunshine a little bit. Yeah, and that's not the truth. And listen, here's the reality. And so I've had some people say, how come you guys haven't written about Luke Altmaier? Well, we have written about Luke Altmaier in the past. This is the first time we've really had a chance to write about Jackson Dart in length. Uh, Brian sat down with his dad, Brandon, for, at, at length in Oxford a couple of weeks ago. Uh, the, whatever day the second scrimmage was that Saturday. So, yeah, about two, three weeks. And... Um, did that story, and he is definitely misunderstood. Um, I thought it was a, a great story, a lot of insight into who Jackson Dart really is. We've had people ask, so does that mean you guys think he's the starter? Not necessarily. I mean, full disclosure, I, I can't speak for Chase, although I think he shares this opinion. I don't know anyone who doesn't think he's the starter, but I don't know that. I have no idea what the rotation will be. Nothing. No clue. Here's a couple things to it. I mean, we'll, we'll be honest. The inside baseball of it. It was done. So when something is finished, you typically try to publish it for a couple of reasons. One, we don't know for sure who the starter is on Saturday. We don't know who's going to play the most snaps. If Dart is the starter, then we just gave you a preview of the starting quarterback. If Dart is not the star- starter, well, it's, it would be even stranger to run it next week if that was not the case. So it makes more sense this week. Um, and then also with Ole Miss especially, but – I mean, especially, but Ole Miss also, compared to a lot of programs, you run the risk of some national person writing the story. Um, so there are lots of reasons why you get yeah. that out of there as soon as it is is ready to be written. I know some people said, well, why not three months ago? Well, we didn't couldn't get the people three months ago. Try Yeah, things take – so. Things have a way of having a cycle through them a little bit. And, we tried through. Yeah. We, you have no idea how much how much we tried. <laughs> we we tried a lot. Um, yeah, it just kind of is what it is. It, it just uh. sometimes things don't quite work out. Um, but it's a good story, great story by Brian. So that's up as well. Uh, let's see. On our pot, on our, I guess it's on both the podcast and the podcast network. Brian's got his podcast with Ryan Buchanan. That's up today. Yes. Our podcast from earlier today is up as well with Jeffrey Wright as our special guest. And then on our YouTube channel, um, we've got a number of shows. Uh, McCready and Siski. Uh, episode 13 is up. Tyler and I made our picks for the week. Uh, I picked nine SEC games, so that was pretty interesting for me to uh, dive out of my comfort zone a little bit. We'll see whether that works out. Uh, we have Pete's Pigskin Preview with Pete Deweese, sponsored by Walk-On's Sports Bistro. Walk-On's puts everything they've got into bringing you game day with the taste of Louisiana. Dig into their mouth-watering, made-from-scratch Louisiana cuisine like po'boys, gumbo, voodoo shrimp, plus fan favorites like juicy burgers, fresh salads, all in front of 70-plus TVs, 40-plus ice-cold beers on tap. So if you're coming to Oxford for the weekend, stop by uh, Walk-On's. 
If you're in the uh, Jackson area, stop by Walk-Ons in uh, Ridgeland and uh, check them out as well. Also, they can take care of your tailgating needs this season. Inquire today about their family and friends bundles and tailgate platters. Uh, order online or on their very convenient, cool app, the Walk-Ons app. If you don't have that app and you go to Walk-Ons, you should absolutely get it. It's a really friendly app. So that's up. We also have uh, The Butcher versus The Spin Instructor, Season 3, Episode 1, with uh, Greg Jones, Campbell McCready. And um, they uh, they picked their games. That was a really fun show. That's brought to you by LB's Meat Market, LB's 2008 University Avenue in Oxford. I was distracted because Campbell was texting me right there. Um, 2008 University Avenue, freshest cuts in Oxford. Both of us frequent LB's a lot. You should, too. Whether it's beef or pork or chicken or sausages, uh, they've got plates, they've got uh, seafood, everything. Um, it's all there at LB's, mushrooms, peppers, the whole the whole deal. Uh, look at Louisiana Tech uh, driving on Missouri here on the opening, opening drive of that game. So that's up as well. Uh, Mind on My Money, which is presented by Pinnacle, that's up as well. It's my pin wealth.com, M-Y-P-I-N-N wealth.com. We talked about the water situation in jackson we talked about schizophrenic markets talked about electric vehicles all of that stuff on mind on my money so there's a ton there if we haven't given you anything today that you like then we either suck or you just you're picky you're really picky i mean one or the other i mean you it's or, or both and that's and that's okay but that's that's all up at uh our family of, of sites you know Louisiana Tech is like a Tide detergent commercial because the uniforms are very, very clean and very fresh. But Sonny Cumbie's hoodie is like neon glowing white. I mean, it looks like that thing has been bleached 14 times when they show him on the sideline. To me, Louisiana Tech's uniforms are... They're not bad. They are, but they are an example of why Adidas sucks. Look how white that is. It is very, very white. It, it, red, white, and blue. They have Buffalo Bills colors. They do. Um, Should be really good colors. Easy colors. You, it's just hard to mess it up. And, and they've done okay with it. I mean, it's not a bad uniform by any stretch. Like, I think it's better than Missouri's uniform. Well, hell. Um, oh, that's a pick. Got tipped and picked. Mizzou. Oh. That could have been much worse right there on that block. That was wide yeah, open. Was, to- yeah, yeah. Uh, but anyway, that's that's all uh, that's all we got going on. Watching games, it's fun football. Out of the f- six teams we are watching, Pitt by far has the best uniforms. Not close of anybody we are currently. Why in. does Missouri not break out a white pant with the black shirt? It's just they moved to the SEC, but they did not move into the SEC with uniforms. And if when you wear the stripe on the uniform, the stripe's got to go all the way up the hip. It's got to go to the waistband. It can't stop at the thigh. They look very Big Twelve. In their uniforms. So, see, here's the difference. Let's see. So, Purdue is going all black. Yeah, they're doing a blackout. Game. And Penn State's wearing their traditional white. Yeah, which is a good suit. But, see, their pants, if you're going to go solid, go solid. If you're going to wear a stripe, wear a stripe. Penn State good or Tulane? Um, I have no problem with their uniform. It's fine. Okay. I mean, literally, it looks like a generic. I mean, there's nothing there. But, yeah, sure. You recognize them, you know them when you see them on the screen. Yeah, yeah. No, they're, they're fine. They're one of the handful of teams that can get away with that. With the nothing. Yeah. Is Purdue supposed to be decent? Um, yeah, they're okay. Yeah. 
Purdue's uniform is fine. It's just they're going all black, so they're go, they're embracing that completely. I don't mind their normal uniforms. No, I actually kind of like their normal suit. And I don't hate that. I mean, the difference between Nike and Adidas is just, just, yeah. I mean, nothing. Listen, Adidas, if you want to advertise on the show, I can change my tone immediately. But I, I don't like Missouri. I, I've watched two plays offensively, and I'm like, no, it's not. They're not. You've watched good. two plays. I, I've seen enough. That's it. Bandy all the way. Go doors, dude. I'm just telling you <laughs> that Monday is going to be fun. <laughs> I'm gonna let you have it. I'm gonna be obnoxious. I, I mean, you're just gonna you're gonna show up like, oh God, here we go. We're gonna talk. Do we know the Vanderbilt fight song? I'll, I'll learn it. Okay, I don't. Uh, It'll be 55 minutes of Vanderbilt talk. Everyone, everyone who doesn't already hate me will will officially hate me by the end of then. But I, I just think Vanderbilt's getting a game. Where that. is the Vanderbilt Missouri game? Look at you that. Know? Look at that run. Not that it matters. That? I saw it. Saw that. It was third and 16, and he ran for 10 yards. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that results in a punt. <laughs> I'm glad you're impressed. <laughs> you're in midseason form. <laughs> oh, they're going for it on fourth down. Oh, I bet he's going to punt, right? Are you being cute? Eli Drinkwitz going for it on fourth down. Oh, please don't convert. Please don't convert. They're, you think they're running a play? No, they're not running they're a play. They're trying to draw This is Eli sides. being – Is being, he literally going to call timeout in the first quarter after trying to run them off sides? I got eight seconds on the, on the play clock. Don't jump. Whatever don't jump. you do, don't jump. Yeah, burn a timeout. He's just going to take the penalty. Okay. He was just delay a game, take the penalty. I hate all that cute crap. Well, if you need that against La Tech on, in the first quarter. Yeah, I mean, what are you doing? Just, just punt the ball. Play. Just punt the ball and play. Uh, at Missouri. Yeah, I don't know that it'll matter. What, it, what, what's the date on that? Uh, October 22nd. Okay, it's the day Ole Miss is in Baton Rouge. That is correct. It is sandwiched between for Vanderbilt, sandwiched between Georgia and South Carolina. I might be the only person in the uh, in the stadium in Tiger Stadium watching the Vanderbilt game in that moment, going, "Come on, let's go, let's go, let's." Go. I don't know what it is about Missouri and Drinkwitz that I just don't like. So, what do you think? I don't know. I need to. I'm just telling you, it's doable for the Doors, as long as they're not just beat up to hell. It's, it's it's getting a little late in the year. It's starting yeah. to get a little late. I mean, <laughs> they did punt. Yeah, they were always going to punt. So don't oh. do. Oh, come on, go. Take it to the house. Come on. Oh. That those noises we were made speaking of Vanderbilt. That's what Larry Leathers would do behind us <laughs> in the press box <laughs> as it was going right there. That's so uh, true. Uh, uh, That's uh, so uh, true. Uh, <laughs> That's so true. Second night. And then I'd be like, so you're yelling at us about making noise in the press box, and you are cheering. Look at that. He he. Oh, and that could have been a penalty. It could have been a face mask. Big boy got a little bit there. Uh, John Rice Plumley apparently off to a great start for UCF. They are playing South Carolina State tonight, and they're uh, and they're over uh, and, and, and their opener. And here's a hot take: John Rice Plumley could go win the Heisman this year at UCF. Okay. And it would still have been the right decision for Lane Kiffin to go with Matt Corral. Sure. Before anybody tries to rewrite history, John Rice, and I hope he does. He's a nice kid. Oh, look, I'll be honest. Yeah, look, nobody did anything really wrong here. Lane Kiffin made the correct decision for himself. 
Matt Corral made the best decision for himself. He did. And John Rice Plumley made the best decision for himself. Absolutely. John Rice Plumley gets one college career. Yes. He gets to spend that however in the hell he chooses to spend that. Absolutely. freaking If he wants to play baseball and football, play baseball and football. If he wants to stay at quarterback even though he doesn't play, stay at quarterback. I don't yes. care. That's whatever, great. Whatever you want to Frankly, do. Frankly, if, if anything has been untoward in this whole thing, it's the NCAA toward John Rice Plumley for not letting him play baseball. Because he should year. have been able to play baseball. Yes. That's it. Yeah, he should have been out there roaming center field for UCF. Otherwise. But from a decision standpoint, with when people try to rewrite this history, if he goes and wins the Heisman, it was still the right call for Ole Miss. Yes. Not, not. Simple as that. Not even close. And if and, and when people say Lane tweets about him or whatever, I think Lane genuinely likes the person, John Rice Plumley. Yeah, I mentioned this on the board. Richard's doing the game tonight. I wonder if that is Plumley related. If ESPN had him call that versus some other game because of Plumley, because if he knew his background. I mean, I don't that. know. Yeah, I mean, I maybe know. not at all. Maybe it was just random assignment. But if you're getting some random assignment in the country, it is a little interesting that it would be with Plumley at quarterback. Um, tell me if you want me to flip to anything. By the way, I just turned to this. Yeah, for a minute no, I think I was we're curious. okay at the moment. Um, we're gonna go to Taylor in a second anyway. Tennessee up thirty-one, nothing on Ball State. You were the only person in Neil's. Was picks I really? To, uh, to, yeah, everybody else took the points. So can, can we just cancel the season here in like <laughs> hour and forty-five minutes? Something no, like that. Absolutely just not. Call it. We all had Louisiana Tech in the taking the points. Okay. So. Yeah. Those are only two SEC It's going to be kind of like that old Miss Bama game where DK took it down the sidelines after like one minute. Go, okay, that's it. Right there. Seven nothing. This thing's, this thing's all over. Big night at Purdue. Look at their student section packed. Ross Aid Stadium in Westlife. You ever yeah. been there? I have not. Yeah. It's, a, it's not a bad stadium. It's a cool little setting. Um, Adam Kuffner, the director of communications at Purdue. Yeah. Former Ole assistant Miss. at Ole Miss. Yeah. Did a great job with basketball. Yeah. He is the, the, the head dog at Purdue. They said they they like bring the train thing, right? Mm-hmm. They bring the train out. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, I spent more time at Purdue than I ever thought I would. So, been there a couple. I've been there for like three and a half, four days. Multiple trips. No, just the one trip. It was one trip. Oh, that's where you had to cover the NIT. Yep, I covered uh, Purdue and Auburn. Purdue beat Auburn, and I was headed back to Indianapolis to go home. And they said turn around and go back to West Lafayette because Alabama. Alabama won, and they're going to play there in a couple of days. And I was like, well, son of a – I don't have any clothes. And they're like, well, go buy some. So I went to Walmart. They kept you in West Lafayette for multiple days to cover an NIT game. That tells you what has changed were. in, the, in yeah. the industry. Yeah, you know, I spent a day like, walking around the Purdue campus like, what the hell am I supposed to do today? It's March in Purdue. Was it cold? Uh, it was cold, but it wasn't like frigid. It was, okay. it was cold, but it wasn't bad. I had a jacket. It's okay. okay. Did you had to buy the jacket or you had the jacket? No, I had the jacket. Did you? Um, but, yeah, I was ready to get out of there. I made a smart-ass call after Purdue beat Alabama. And I said, do you want me to stay here for the next game or what? <laughs> oh, so Purdue was wrecking, folks, just running through the whole thing. Yeah. They had a they had a cool basketball. They still the same arena. It's, yeah. it was, they they liked the basketball up in the Big Ten. They were they were into it. Who's their coach? Now it's uh, 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 Painter. Painter. Yeah. Then it was – I guess it was still Gene Cady. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. So. All right. We'll go to uh, Taylor Zarzer now on the Rafters Music and Food Hotline. Again, some football. I think you asked a golf question, didn't you? But I asked football, a couple obviously. of golf questions at the end just for your benefit. Thank you. Appreciate that. So here's Taylor Zarzer of uh, 
ESPN, ESPN Sirius, Sirius SEC to, Network. Uh, He's with it. a bunch of people. Yeah, here on the Raptors Music and Food Hotline, here's Taylor. My uh, very good friend Taylor Zarzer, kind enough to uh, spend some time here on the uh, Little Potato Log podcast that could. Uh, Taylor is, you know, Taylor, when, when you left Mobile for uh, for Charlotte, I should have just said, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm coming with you. <laughs> I just, you know what's crazy? You, the train. you know what's crazy is you look younger today than you did when we were doing the show 20 years ago, by the way. Uh, and I look like I'm 75. So um, the check is in the mail, my friend. That's uh, that's very gosh, nice. man. I'm gonna get on my uh, elliptical and my Peloton and then go run as soon as this is over with. <laughs> that's nice of you. Um, how's it been going? You've been busy. I know you've been doing golf stuff. You were over in you were over in Scotland, and and um, every time I see you, you're like the voice of. I guess you are kind of the voice of the PGA Tour, and you're you're kind of everywhere. Life is great. Um, I, at 44, have still not figured out how to say no to things. Uh, I get super excited when somebody offers me an opportunity to do something that I think I'll enjoy. And I have more to do and more that I'm enjoying than I've ever had before. Um, I am doing the Panthers preseason games. That just ended. I saw that. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. I'm, I'm running this Sirius XM PGA Tour channel. Lord knows anyone that ever thought I'd be an executive uh, would have uh, would have been in total shock about that. But I'm, do- I'm doing a daily show. I'm doing, as you said, the majors, and then I'm doing these college football games. In fact, uh, if you could tell me who's starting at quarterback for Ole Miss on Saturday, I would really appreciate that. Um, but, yeah, no, I have a whole lot going on, and I'm, I'm really thankful for all of it. I love my wife and my daughters dearly. And I'm trying to multiply as much time I get with them as possible. Believe it or not, this is the last year the four of us will ever live in the same house. It's crazy. They're juniors and seniors in high school. And you obviously are are going through this with them and your daughters in in college now. Um, It goes by fast. And I'm trying to tell myself that I don't need to sign up for all these games because I'm not going to look back and say, man, I really wish I would have called that game. But I am going to look back and say, man, I wish I had more time with Katie and Grace. So, yeah, you know, I've, I've told people this, uh, you know, I'm going to I'm back going to games again for the first time. And since middle of 19, mm. um, Chase is going to do our postgame show and I'm going to go cover games. And I, I felt like our written product the last couple of seasons. In 2020, it didn't bother me because it was like everything was on Zoom and it was pandemic. And I was like, who cares? Like, you know, people are just happy to have football. No one's reading, whatever. Last year, it kind of bugged me. I thought our written product on game day was, I thought it was lacking. And so I'm going to try to at least salvage some of that is what I meant to say. But I'm not going to the Georgia Tech game because uh, it's Kyo Dad's weekend at Arkansas. And I, I, I've, I've told people there's a 0% chance that I would ever look back and go, you know what, I wish I'd covered that Georgia Tech. Yeah. I've covered so many football games, but that didn't cover that one, and it really bugs me. But there was a real chance that I would look back and go, I really regret disappointing my girls on, on uh, the last year that they're going to be at Arkansas together. Can I just say that you once covered an Auburn-Georgia Tech game in Atlanta, and Auburn was 0-2. And you and I were doing a show together at this time, and Auburn won that game that day. And Carlos Dansby gave maybe the greatest quote of all time to you, which was, um, the son of God 
was uh, resurrected on the third day, and the Auburn Tigers rose on the third game. That might I mean, that drawing that parallel might be the best quote I've ever heard in sports. But uh, you do have some familiarity with covering games in uh, in Atlanta at that old relic. So I'm sorry yep. you'll miss that. Yeah, I hate that I missed that one. I, I've been there before. I, I can say I've marked that off the list. Um, all right, so you and your crew, you you got the Ole Miss. Um, uh, Troy game on Saturday. How do these assignments get drawn out? Do you like? Is it just they tell you where you're going? Uh, we we have a beer drinking contest. No, um, yeah, no. They told tell us before the season the first couple of games where we're going and and what our crew can expect. And I'm excited to be back in Oxford. First of all, this is the first time I've been in Oxford. You're gonna have to help me with this. I think it's four years. Ole Miss tried not to kick a football to Debo Samuel. It still went to him, and he took it to the house, 85 yards. That was the first play of the game. They literally tried not to kick it to him. It still went to him, and he took it. I think that was 2018 when the Gamecocks played the Rebels, and that's the last time I've been to Oxford, and I love Oxford, Mississippi. It is you know, one of my favorite places to do a game, and and anyone that's obviously – paying any attention to this knows why I love it so much. So to, to not get to go there and to not get an assignment there for four years, kind of stunk, obviously. Um, I did do a couple of Ole Miss games two years ago in Lane Kiffin's first season. I did his you first did win. Your, you did those from your basement, basically. From, no, no, right here. Yeah. This exact chair with this exact <laughs> backdrop. Um, I did the Ole Miss-Kentucky game when they beat Kentucky his first win, I believe. Yeah. And I uh, did the Ole Miss LSU game, which was crazy, in in December in Baton Rouge, and uh, that's it. I have not done any Ole, Ole Miss games since, so I'm excited to get back there. And now a word from our sponsor, Better Better Help. It'd be tough to train your brain to stay in problem solving mode when faced with a challenge in life, but when you learn how to find your own solutions, there's a better feeling. Therapists can help you become a better problem solver, making it easier to accomplish your goals, no matter how big or small maybe it's time to uh, give therapy a try need to get something off your chest talk through something get help in whatever area i know friends family can be of assistance but sometimes you need somebody without uh with a clean slate that doesn't have preconceived notions that doesn't kind of come in with their own opinions because you need to just have somebody who can hear you out make it less stressful for you and get you on the road to to solving those issues so if you're giving therapy a try better help is a great option it's convenient accessible affordable and entirely online you can get matched with a therapist after filling out a brief survey, and you can switch therapist anytime you would like. Try different people. Find the one that fits for you. That's as important as anything. You can turn your video on or off. You can make it whatever you want it to be with BetterHelp. So when you want to be a better problem solver, let them help you. Again, that's BetterHelp.com slash MPW today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash MPW. We are, if you're coming up this weekend, stop by Opa. So. Oxford's newest restaurant on the square, gyros, wraps, kebabs, redfish, lamb chops, handcrafted cocktails, frozen libations, an amazing candlelit patio, and more. 306 South Lamar, just south of the square courthouse in Oxford. Also brought to you by John Edwards of Regency Travel Incorporated in Memphis. It's a worldwide network. He's a part of Virtuoso, I should say, a worldwide network of travel partners that allows him to supply his clients with added values. Unique benefits simply not available to other travelers. It's 901-494-3387 or Edwards at regencytravel.net. Brought to you by Pinnacle. Uh, Martin Palomo and I will be taping a mind on my money tomorrow. That's brought to you by Pinnacle. They're based in Madison, Mississippi. They uh, specialize in 
investment management, financial planning, retirement planning for individuals and businesses, and much, much more. It's mypinwealth.com, M-Y-P-I-N-N wealth.com. If you're headed to Oxford this weekend and you know you got a little shopping to do, maybe for someone special in your life, it's not too early to start thinking about that. Start by uh, stopping at Lamons, 1126 North Lamar Boulevard in Oxford. They've been serving the Oxford area for three quarters of a century. Engagement rings, wedding rings, fine jewelry, watches, pearls, fashion jewelry. They've got it all. It's gold standard in fine jewelry. Visit them at LamonsFineJewelry.com or call them at 662-234-2777. Automation Control Systems LLC is owned by Clay McNutt there in Baldwin, Mississippi. It's a complete electrical control system solution provider and a Rockwell Automation Recognized System Integrator. They've got a full-time dedicated emergency service and troubleshooting staff and a UL508A panel shop. They've got a lot more as well, so uh, get in touch with them at acsllcms.com or call 662-601-4381. And we're brought to you by Game Changer Patches through uh, tomorrow, I believe, you can go there. It's the kickoff 40 is the code. Enter kickoff 40 as the code and get 40% off your Game Changer patches at GameChangerPatch.com. GameChangerPatch.com. And then while you're using the promo code Rebel Grove, go to uh, Dead Soxy and get the best socks you'll ever put on your feet. Up your sock game just in time for the football season at DeadSoxy.com. D-E-A-D-S-O-X-Y.com. How the hell would you call those? Those are two great games, by the way. I, don't, I still don't know how people were able to like call those games from yep. remote locations, and it sound the way that it did. It was, it, it was. Some people did not do it very well. You did, and a few others did. But I was always kind of wowed by like that's got to be hard. Do you want me to show around the room here? Would that be helpful if sure. I show like how I did? Okay. So, so first of all, I have this board which I which I have for every game. You know, and it has it has all the players on it, and I write copious amounts of notes on the on the board. But I'm I've got a um, I've got a monitor that I'm looking at that was like right over there. I've got another monitor that was like right there, and then I've got a monitor that I'm I'm looking at right now, and it's got every camera on the grounds. It's got our program feed, and then I have the the eight second delay feed that the whole world gets right here. And then I've got a, uh, another Zoom that was stationed right here. And the only person that was allowed to go in to the broadcast booth during COVID was our spotter. And he is projecting my – he's got a copy of this. And he's projecting that board, and he's pointing nonstop, you know, at that board and who's getting what. And we also had a, an audio comp, um, extra step that we used. Not a lot of people did that, but he would say – you know, he'd unmute, and I had a little earpiece, and he would say – Taylor Altmyer's going out, that dart's coming in, you know, just to give me a heads up before the play actually started watching because I can't see the sidelines. So you had his voice, you had the producer's voice, and then you're yep. also trying to listen to the rest of your crew. That's exactly right. Yep. And 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 so Russ, my spotter, was aware, you know, he needs to pick his spots if he's going to speak. But he would um he would say, Altmyer's coming out, Dart's coming in, or Altmyer's warming up on the bench, just heads up. You know, he he could be coming in on the next drive. Because I can't see that. You know, because I, all I can see You're is what there. everybody at home can see. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And and so it was, uh, it was incredibly challenging going did through that. Season. A, I didn't mean to interrupt. Did it make you a better broadcaster? I think I think so. Yeah. Um, it it definitely it, it was exhausting. Like you know, you just you're trying to concentrate so hard on everything that's happening that um, it was definitely more exhausting. But 
I'll tell you for sure what it did. It made me miss being on site. Like as as nice as it was to go back into the house and and see my family as soon as the game was over, it really made me miss everything that comes with going to a game. Matt Stinchcomb, who's one of my best friends and and my analyst for the fifth straight year, had a quote one time as we were leaving the graduate hotel to go to Ajax to eat dinner. He just kind of stopped me and he said, "Just just look at this place." As we're going into the square, he said, "Ole Miss is an island of awesome." And and it is. It really yes. is. It's an island of, of awesome. Um, some may have other comments about the rest of the state of Mississippi, but um, it, that, no question, is an island of awesome. And to be able to experience all of that on a Thursday, a Friday, on a Saturday around the game, you really, really miss that, Neil. Yeah, because you don't have that color that, or that feel, right? Yeah. I mean, it's the, it's the part that I've been doing since we started in the middle of 19 doing a post-game show. We took calls, and we, we're going to still do it. But And I enjoyed it. Like I said, at the Zoom year, it was like a blast. I, I loved it. It was because I didn't think – I felt no regret for not, like, being on the Zoom to ask Lane Kiffin questions. We, we took the, – they would put it up on the FTP. We'd play it on the show. It was, it was fine. But last year it was kind of it was different, you know, because last year was normal again, like that Texas A and M game, and you know, not being at the stadium where you can't really feel it. You can see it on television. You have an idea of what it's like. I mean, you know, you watch a game that's a crazy game somewhere, and you get a feel that hey, this place is nuts today, or this place is kind of dead today, or whatever. But when you're not physically there, it's it's hard to pass that along to the people who are reading your content or who are listening to you and no question i just i don't know it's kind of kind of that's the part sort of uh you know looking forward to i mean i'll still be the the guy in the in the press box that's got i will here's what i will miss i will miss sitting in here and being having the Ole miss game on the main tv but being able to like flip on two other games and having a game on my computer and there will be some stuff like that that i'll kind of miss i think i'll actually see less college football than i saw there's no question you will. No, no, there's, there's no question you will. And let me just say this real quickly. Um, you're one of the best reporters that's ever lived, and I had the great thrill of, of watching you break some stories that no one would have ever made up um, years ago that included a um, gentleman's club in Pensacola, Florida, that included um, some <laughs> interesting characters in Mobile, Alabama that were trying to help the University of Tennessee's football program. I, there were some stories that I just can't believe that, that you broke, but you had to be there in order yeah. to break them. You had to go and live that in order to break them. And here we are in 2022 in every television network and really just about any network known to man, whether they're video or not, does not covet that. They just covet an opinion. They covet an entertaining, charismatic, it doesn't matter if it's informed, opinion. And I think the world really misses the connection to the community that the reporters and the personalities had for so long. There's, And you'll see this, Neil, as you go to all these games. There's a whole lot less people that are covering teams yeah. now yeah. Than, than there used to be. And I don't think that we're better for that. I still remember your face. We were sitting in the WNSP bus thing. We were out at some car dealership, and it was yeah. on a Friday. And I think I, I drove it, the bus there, too, by the way. I kept getting phone calls, and I would call people back during the breaks, and you were starting to get frustrated with me. And I, I told you, I said, this is, I don't know if this is a big story or a total joke, but if it's a big story, it is a really big story. 
And you're like, what is it? And I was like, I can't really tell you a lot, but I told you a little bit. Yeah. And by the end of that weekend, I think we all knew where that was going. That was that was nuts. That remains one of the nuttiest. That Saturday morning was crazy. I was bathing my dog, and I had to take a call. And sure enough, it's like, oh, this is real. And, and yeah, so. The next thing you know, you're in Artie's Angels parking lot. <laughs> Made for a fun week of radio for us. That's for oh, sure. Oh, boy, did it. Holy cow. <laughs> Yeah, all that Friday frustration was worth it when we had plenty to talk about on a uh, on, on a was it April? April? Yeah. 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 We weren't we weren't having to talk about Major League Baseball that week, no sir. Um, all right. So you you've been around Kiffin. You and I were talking about this a little bit. I told you. I said, Hey, have you talked to Lane yet? We're taping this on Wednesday afternoon, and like, no, I think you're doing it tomorrow, Saturday, Thursday evening. No, Friday said, Friday mid morning. Yeah, I said Lane's a different dude. Lane's Lane's changed a lot. Um, what have from what you've observed from afar? What have you been able to to see with um, the transformation of Lane Kiffin in Oxford? Uh, there's no question that it's fascinating in 2022. His physical transformation and what seems to be his spiritual transformation has changed significantly from what we've seen the last seven eight years. I was around him a good bit when he was the offensive coordinator. At Alabama, he came on a talk show that I did when he was the head coach at FAU, and I did a couple of his games his first year at Ole Miss. And the guy that I got to know between 2014 and 2020 was exactly the same. Um, hard to connect with, honestly. Um, somebody that I I think is really uncomfortable in in many social settings. Like he's he's unbelievable on social media. Yeah. But when he has to be in the same room with you and or in, a, in an environment like this, I'm not sure he's very comfortable with that. Um, but the guy that and again, I, I can give you a much better answer probably Friday at lunchtime than I can right now. But from what I've seen from afar so far this year, it seems like we have a very different person that is the, the head coach at Ole Miss. I'm not saying this to defend in anything, but I am saying this to try to explain it. If you went and you looked, Neil, and I'm sure you've actually done this, but if you looked at the first 22 years of, of Lane's life, really the first 18 years of Lane's life, and you look at where Monty Kiffin, his dad, of course, who's uh, still on the staff at Ole Miss, if, if you looked at where his dad worked those first 18 years, and then you see where the Lane went to college at Fresno State, coached at USC, and you see all the places he's been since then, it's 19 moves, and he's in his late 40s. Yeah. He's lived one place in his life for five years. He, he in high school, or going through birth through high school, he never lived anywhere more than three years. I think that this guy has had a really hard time connecting with the world because he's never been in the same place. And it, it feels like he's trying in his late 40s to finally connect with the community. And who knows what is in store for him at the end of the year? If Ole Miss wins, you know, nine plus games in a year where they're not maybe talked about as much as they were the last couple of years, he might have an opportunity to go someplace else. But I, I think, I really believe this. I think for the first time, he doesn't want to go somewhere else. Like he could see himself really putting some roots down in Oxford for years to come. I think, like everybody else, he'll be smart about whatever happens at the end of the year. But I could see him saying, you know what, I'm I'm happy here. I, I could be the head coach at Ole Miss for many years to come. So if I'm an Ole Miss fan, that actually would encourage me. 
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Yeah, you know, I get a lot of people that, that talk about Auburn. There's already this assumption that Brian Harson's not going to make it through the through the, the end of the season. We might make it through the season, but he's not going to make it to 2023. And I don't know. We'll see. I mean, college football's crazy, and teams that you think aren't going to win, win, and teams that you think are going to win, don't win, whatever. But if you do the thing where you go, hey, the writing's kind of on the wall and, and Harson's in trouble, which I think is more than fair, people do the, well, it's going to be Lane Kiffin. And two years ago, I would have said, yeah, he'll leave Ole Miss for Auburn like that. No question. Auburn historically is a better job. They produce Heisman winners. They've played for national championships. They've won national championships on and on and on. Today, I'm not so sure. Yeah, I'm not. In fact, if you made me bet, I'd bet that he would not leave Ole Miss for Auburn because of a lot of what you just said. I mean, Ole Miss has just completely embraced him. They've made him the program. They've made him the brand, which I don't know if it's important to him to be the brand. I I think it kind of is. Um, I think he wants to be the brand. I think he likes that attention. He's incredible at social media. And when the school makes you the brand, that he can really dive into that and use it for his recruiting advantages. And then his daughter moved here. Yeah. And you know this. I mean, you have a, a, a daughter that age. Um, that's a it's kind of a fun age to be a dad because you're – I said this the other day. High school girls run in packs for the most part. I mean, I'm sure there's exceptions, but for the most part, they kind of run in these packs. Boy, is that the case. And it's not like that with boys, really. Like, Carson's here, and yeah, we never see Carson's friends. They might come pick him up, but he's out the door. I mean, we're, we're not – they're not yeah. coming in and hanging out. Like, I knew – 
Campbell's little pack. And Caroline had a big pack. And I knew all of them. I mean, like, they would come up and talk to me. And, you know, I mean, I got to know them. As, yeah. So I I suspect that that's happening with Lane, with, uh, with Landry, his daughter, that she's running in a pack with a bunch of girls that are that age. And that's a fun age. They're, you know, they got a lot going on in their lives. And there's stuff. And there's energy. And all of that. And I'm sure that to some degree they're intimidated by the old Miss football coach. And then on the other hand, a lot of, to a lot of them, I suspect Lane has just become Landry's dad, mm-hmm. which is cool. And I think that's changed him a little bit. I think it softened him and, you know, made him appreciate the community and all of that stuff. But I think it's also kind of made him a part of the community. You know, like he can go to the, he went to the first, the first day of school, they had like some pep rally sort of thing for the seniors. And Lane went as a dad. And I think people left him alone and let him be Landry's dad. And you, I, you could kind of see some of that stuff sort of resonating with him a little bit. That's great to hear. And I think if you also consider the fact that the last seven, eight years have been hard personally, you know, with the, the divorce that he went through and, you know, only seeing your, your children occasionally, not every day. I think the fact that he is getting to see at least one of his kids every day, I think uh, also could be a factor, but as you just talked about, you know, what, where there might be an opening, I, I think you made some good points about why would he do that, you know, instead of stick where he is on top of the reasons you just referenced. Uh, if we are going to play the game of, you know, what might be open at the end of the year, the, the one spot that I would look at would be Florida State. It'd be Because if, if Norvell has another losing season, well, if, if that's the case, he's not going to be the head coach next year. And because Florida State doesn't have – as much um, disappointment as they've had the last few years without changing a football coach again. And if that is the case, then I, I would, I would maybe look there. The point is, is there Lane Kiffin's always going to be on somebody's radar, but I think the chances of him staying in Oxford are higher now than they were in year one or year two. You know, what would be interesting about Florida state, not to spend much time on this, but, if I'm whether I'm Lane Kiffin or anybody else, especially if I'm a Big Ten or an SEC coach today, my question with Florida State is, what's your league situation going to be? Right. Is this financial thing's about to get real? I, it is about to get real. Um, I feel pretty confident, Neil, that the world is going to look pretty similar for the next three or four years. Okay. Now, in the re, the grant of rights thing, getting out of that, having to to tie so much money to a conference you're no longer in, I think is a major sticking point. The ACC is going to try hard to keep itself intact, if not add to its current conference. There is no question there is going to be a gulf between the SEC slash the Big Ten and any other conference. Yeah. But I do think I could see a scenario where the Pac-12 crumbles because it's a lot easier to get out of that conference than it is to get out of really any other one that's a power league right now. So I, I could see maybe, you know, instead of five power leagues, there being four, but um, I, I, if you're asking me, you know, five to 10 years from now, I would, I'd be pretty confident the sec and the big 10 are going to be pretty much it. But for the next three or four years, I think it's, it's going to be very challenging for a school like Florida state or a Clemson or a North Carolina to leave their current league. I know that ACC or excuse me, the sec and the big 10, as an example, would love the Tar Heels of to course. join their league. Of course. But I think if you're UNC, as an example, I think they're going to look at how much money it's going to cost them to leave and if it makes any sense. Why not just wait until 
the dust settles with all these television contracts in four or five years. You're really connected with ACC schools. You probably would downplay that, but you know a lot of people in that league from all your days in Charlotte radio when you were banging out and you were doing a lot of Carolina stuff and Duke stuff. And If you're North Carolina, yeah, you wait for the stuff to settle, but I guess I'm trying to put you inside the room in, in Chapel Hill for a minute. Yeah. When this, I mean, the Big Ten contract's kind of out right now. It's going to be 65 to $70 million per school per year, and then that's going to go up. Mm-hmm. The SEC thing's getting worked on, and I mean, I've heard numbers. I'm sure you've heard numbers. I mean, there are these whispers of every SEC school is going to get $80 million a year in the first year, and then it's just going to go up, and it's eventually going to pass $100 million. And this is informed people who are saying this. The ACC deal is locked in through. 20 the grant of rights the tv deal's not whatever but it's nowhere close to that i mean not even in that ballpark if you're north carolina and you look at the gulf as you said and it's a good word for it if the gulf is 45 to 50 million dollars a year taylor what what does north carolina do and if they had their choices do they go big 10 or they go sec where's the fit i think their fans i think the overwhelming majority of their fans I think the overwhelming majority, Neil, of of the fans would want to go to the Southeastern Conference. In recent years, I think that UNC fans have realized how much they love football. They've been one of the ultimate basketball schools forever, and they still have an incredible passion for basketball. But I think that everybody has noticed that the national love of college basketball has waned a bit in, in recent years, and and the love of college football it hasn't changed. If if anything, it's only grown. And I think that UNC fans, especially since Mac Brown came back, have realized how much they love football. So I think from a fan standpoint, I think they'd like to go to the SEC. From a, from inside the school, this is well, like you said, I do know a few people. I think <laughs> um, I think they'd rather go to the Big Ten. I think they think of the Big Ten, fair or unfair. I think they think of the Big Ten as a more studious environment. Then, yeah. then more, the academically, more academically prestigious. There's more schools like like that that I think they want to associate with. It's going to be interesting to see what they do because I keep hearing the same thing. I'm no, I'm nowhere near connected to North Carolina, none at all. But when I talk to people in that league who kind of around that league, they're like they're fans. The state of North Carolina, the people there, they want the SEC. They want that they, game with Tennessee. They want that game with South Carolina. They want Alabama to come to town. They want to see LSU. They want to go party in the Grove, all that stuff. Make no mistake, we're still the South here. Like, we very much are. Um, it, it, we, Maybe we're closer to the North, but we're still the South. And I think that uh, there's no doubt that they, the uh, connection to SEC schools would be felt as you played those games much more than it would if you played the Big Ten. I mean, I can think of seven or eight schools in the Big Ten where UNC fans would say, Iowa, you know, Purdue. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I could go through the list. I'm not taking shots at those schools, but I think that that's, I think that's the way the fans would react if those schools are coming to town. You could pl- do the same exercise with the SEC and you say, wow, we're going to Oxford, Mississippi to play a college football game. I mean, I'm telling you, there'd be 20,000 Tar Heel fans that would show up for that. Yeah. I was told that uh, when Arkansas went there for the baseball super regional, yeah, that uh, you know they took a ton of people, and and North Carolina looked around, and supposedly some of the athletic people said 
this is what we're supposed to be doing. Yeah. This is this is what this is what we're supposed to be. This is this is the fit. If they bring that many for a a, a, a baseball series, what would they bring for a football game? And then if they bring that many people, what would Tennessee bring? What would I mean? It, it's a game changer, right? So I don't know. It's, it's interesting because then there's time because I agree with you. I think we're going to hit the pause button a little bit at least until Notre Dame makes a decision, and then I think mm-hmm. all hell's going to break loose, and people are going to have to make quick decisions that they need to be thinking, and they are thinking about now, because the money's just going to be... It's... The money is going to be sobering. For it is going to be It is going to be sobering. The, the, and one thing that I'm excited about, I know some people are saying, good grief, this is not what it was like when I fell in love with college football, but... One thing that I am potentially excited about is if the SEC is at 16 and then eventually is at 20 and who knows where it goes from there, is I do think that you'll see the regional rivalries, let's just use Mississippi State, LSU, throw in an Alabama maybe as as an example for Ole Miss. I think the Rebels would play those teams, still play those teams every year. I think there's a better chance that they would play nine or 10 conference games every year instead of eight. And I do think they would also add a high profile non-conference game as well, meaning that you would get 10 or 11 great regular season opponents. And maybe you have, and I don't mean this disrespectfully, but maybe you'd have one central Arkansas in there you know, per year or Just one don't, Troy. Don't, don't, don't take a shot at ULM. Be careful here. You're yeah, doing, you're, you're doing fine so far. Your, your Warhawks uh, <laughs> could could be thrown in there too. No, you're right because ESPN and Fox are paying the big ticket item, right? So when you're, yeah. pay, and, when you're paying this money, you're not paying the Mercedes dealership to go in and drive a Honda Civic. You're you're nothing against Honda Civics, but you're paying no. Mercedes. And listen, there's one SEC network play-by-play guy that would be ecstatic about those changes. <laughs> of course. Yeah, you'd be thrilled. You'd be thrilled beyond words. Um, all right, I'm hitting this pause again. We're having a little. Having, let me, he's back. No, you're back. You're back. You're good. Okay. Well, we're 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 closing in on being done. Let, so let me ask you about Ole Miss and Troy. Um, you got this game coming up. Uh, what do you what do you hear about? Uh, by the way, the internet situation's mine, not yours. Um, what do you hear about uh, Ole Miss going into the season? What do you sort of anticipate from the Rebels here in Week One? I think that it, they are maybe the biggest unknown in the league because they have, you know, 17 transfers. We have all these guys that you're putting into your program. I think that how they mesh with the rest of the team is a complete unknown at the beginning of the year. You could also argue that they're adding as much talent via transfers as anybody is in the SEC. I mean, if this kid, Michael Trigg, is what everybody says he is, then with all due respect to Kenny Yaboa, this guy's better than that. If uh, Zach Evans is everything that everyone says he is, well, he's better than any running back that Ole Miss has had the last couple of years. And uh, if that's the case, then all of a sudden the Rebels are a contender in the SEC West. I'm not saying they're beating Alabama, but I'm saying at at the top of the SEC West, a contender to win double-digit games again this season. The biggest question I think that everybody has is what is happening at quarterback right now you don't bring in Jackson Dart unless you think he's going to be the, your starting quarterback, and I don't know that that's been determined yet. And if and, and there is a real chance, Neil, that I think we may see this play out the first couple of weeks in the season, which would make all the sense in the world, really, 
as you're playing Troy in Central Arkansas to try to figure that out on the field between Dart and Altmaier. But if if Dart does not work the way that everybody thinks or hopes he would work, that could be a big issue for Ole Miss, and then they're closer to you know six or a seven win team. But if he's the guy that was so highly touted out of out of USC, and and he turns into that guy in Oxford, then I think they have a chance to be at the top of the SEC West. It's fascinating though, you know, all these guys that transfer. Everybody says, well, they, they're going to be the savior. I mean, JT Daniels is going to lead Georgia to a national championship. And instead, he doesn't even start for them. He's a backup quarterback, and now he's at a new school. By the way, Jackson Dart's old teammate. And you've got another kid at Slovis at at Pitt who also was Jackson Dart's teammate who was going to be the savior at USC, and now he's over at Pittsburgh. So um, I I know I'm rambling a bit in saying this, but I think that we're not going to know the answer in September as to how well this team gels together because of all these transfers. But if it works out the way that Lane Kiffin wants it to, then I think Ole Miss could have close to the same kind of season they had last year. So how's this work? You you sit down with Lane at some point on Friday and get get some background, and then when Troy gets into town, you talk to John Summerall a little bit, and then you get ready for the game on Saturday? Is that basically the day? Typically, when, when we have a game like this, um, we will talk to the visiting team via Zoom. And so we'll do that on Thursday, and we'll talk to Summerall about his Troy team. I did a, a Troy game last year. There's a whole lot of players that played on that team that are back on this team. A lot of experience coming back for Summerall's team. And and I know John from his time at Kentucky and at Ole Miss. Yeah. And um, and so it'll be good to talk to him on Thursday, and we'll get a an idea of, of what he's thinking going into this game. And then, yeah, we'll talk to Lane on Friday, and we'll talk to the coordinators and and get a sense of um, of how they feel. I I'm gonna I'm going to I hope they're not pressed for time because you know especially week one, I I'm just as interested to know who these guys are and what the coaches expect from their players as anyone. So I I want to get a, as much of a breakdown of of what each position group looks like, uh, especially when when you're Ole Miss and you're you're really reforming your team almost entirely, you know, through the transfer portal. And yeah. I, I'm not knocking them for doing it. This is the way of the world in, in 2022, but they're utilizing the portal more than anyone. And and so that, I think, sort of changes your identity. So I'm going to be asking Lane and the assistants quite a bit on Friday about all of that. Yeah, they've embraced it. They, I think they felt they had no choice, and I think they're probably right, that they had no choice but to embrace the portal and, they really went after the portal. I mean, big time. And I think you're going to see them pull back a little bit now that they've had some success and they can recruit the high school level a little bit. And then, and this is one of the things I really appreciate about Lane is that Lane will admit this, that the price in the portal has gone up. Mm. It's it's more expensive now to to get players out of the portal. And I'm talking about NIL. I'm talking about legal transactions. They're just higher than they were when they launched into it because I, I think they were sort of ahead uh, in in terms of hitting the portal hard, now everyone's hitting the portal hard. It's it's just wild. I mean, it, it really is. And yeah, in in the month, as you said, the price tag that comes with it is just kind of hard to wrap your mind around. I did a, I was around a an SEC football program in the spring, and I got some inside information on how much these players were costing, and yeah. it was, it, and they went line by line. It was just shocking. Uh, really, crazy. honestly, like it's, it's just like 
especially for someone like me that's been close to you for so long, that's been reporting on these guys doing this uh, against the rules for so long. And now that you're allowed to do it, it's just, it's almost like you shouldn't be, you know, it's almost, it almost like it doesn't feel right in a way. Yeah, you just talk to people and you know, they'll kind of go into these tones. I'm like, hey, you're not doing anything wrong, man. Right. If you're finding a kid money for an NIL deal, it's it's perfectly legal as long as you do the paperwork. It's- I don't I really have never understood why Jimbo Fisher was so furious with Saban, because that's what he was saying. I don't understand why today Jimbo keeps denying it. Yeah. It's I mean, look, people can go, Well, you're just buying a championship if you get one. Okay. I mean the Dodgers do it. I mean right. what difference does it make? The, it's the, within the rules. It's within the laws of the state of Texas. Like, I don't, I, I really don't understand why he took such offense to he, what Saban said. I think Saban was saying, hey, just so you know, this is the way the world works now, and this is what we're up against. I, Saban, I don't think it was, was critical. No, he was literally telling a crowd of Alabama boosters, hey, you're going to have to ante up. This is what they're doing. This is what it costs. If you want to keep winning, this is what it's going to take. And you know, said they they bought every player, and Jimbo gets upset. And I guess because Jimbo was thinking about it from the old school, you bought every player like a shoebox full of money. Maybe it's the way it sounded, I guess. But um, I, I will tell you this: it is fascinating fodder throughout the week. And but it, it's interesting. We've done all this research at ESPN. People do not want that com- commentary during the game. They want you to call the game, and I love that. That hasn't changed. The way you call a game in 2022 is the way you've always called a game, and that's certainly what we will do on Saturday. Um, and because when when the game does start, it's it's not about well, this is how Jackson Dart got from USC to to Ole Miss. It's about can Jackson Dart hit Trig? Can Jackson Dart be the quarterback of the Rebels moving forward? And that that's refreshing that that part of the game hasn't been compromised. I think you're right, but let me ask it this way because I've had this question to me a little bit. If you're calling a USC game, for example, mm-hmm. Southern Cal, and Caleb Williams is bad, looks unfocused, looks unprepared, is the fact that he's making millions in NIL, does that come into play the way that it would if you were you're, you're doing a pro game, right? Let's say you're covering a, a, a Panthers right. game and the Panthers are playing the Chiefs and for whatever reason, Patrick Mahomes just looks lost. At some point, sometimes you mention, hey, Patrick Mahomes is a $20 million player and he's not playing, like whatever the case may be. You see that in baseball a lot, like with Jason Hayward with the Cubs, when he was so bad, the contract was a part of that narrative. You know, it would be one thing if Jason Hayward made $1.5 million a year, but he's making 18 and you're paying him for something you're not getting. I wonder whether that starts to creep into college coverage. And maybe it does uh, to each his own. I would just say this would be my philosophy on that. I, I believe it's my job to to call the game and prepare you for what's happening. Add some extra nuggets, if you will, to to what you're watching. I think the if the analyst wants to bring something like that up in their commentary of why they're performing the way they're performing, if it's not just based on what's actually happening in the game, if they think that their ability to play is compromised because of something that's happening off the field, then I think it certainly would be fair game for them, for them to discuss that moving forward. But I, I, I would tend to lean on the guy that played the game to do that because they've, they've been there, they've lived it. I would tend to lean on them a bit uh, instead of me. Um, I think it's my job to, to simply say, you know, he missed his target. He's, 
He's that is eight consecutive incompletions. That's now his third interception of the game. I think then if I say that and you as the analyst, you're the analyst, Neil, you played the game. You've been in the trenches. You you may know what it feels like. You've been around the program. Then you may say, you know what? You have to wonder if he's distracted now, if there's a reason why he's performing the way he's performing. But that would be the way I, I think that it would unfold, at least in the broadcast that I'm part of. But I think you bring up a fair question. I think the world is changing rapidly. Yeah, I don't I don't anticipate changing the way that I cover it. I'm not going to do that to kids, but I won't be surprised if people do it. And in the past, if someone had called out a kid, I would have been like, man, come on, that's wrong. And now, right. I, now it's like, okay, well, you know, it's like Lane Kiffin goes, this is a pro, pro sport. These are pro players. Pro, pro players get criticized. You know, mm-hmm. the criticism of Jason Hayward's contract was fair. So, uh, all right, last couple of things. I do a thought exercise sometimes. It gets me in trouble. If I told you that, hey, Alabama's not winning the SEC West, it's the only fact that I give you. You can take it to the bank. Because uh, I think you and I both think Alabama is winning the SEC West. But if I told you they weren't, Take me through your thought exercise real quick on how you would sort of try to determine who does. Texas A&M would probably be the team that I would pick if if somebody else were, were to win it. I have a lot of questions about the other teams in the division this year. So that's part of the reason why it's hard for me to answer this is because I think Alabama is significantly superior than the rest of the division. I do think that A&M, though, you know, obviously they won the game last year. It's in it's in Tuscaloosa this year. I I definitely think that game has been marked for quite some time but that i still think they're the second best team in the division so that that would be the place that i would go if i were to pick another team i think that if alabama's not going to win the the west this year as much as you hate to say this neil i think that would have to include some significant injuries and you know they had them at the end of last year and what's happening now with john mechie's he's a pro player is just awful i mean thinking about him as he's battling leukemia now but it if if it will Anderson or a Bryce Young or somebody missed a significant amount of time, then I could see somebody else winning the West. But short of that, I think this is one of Saban's best ever teams. Maybe yeah. the best. It's, that's what everybody says. All right, last thing. I'd get in trouble with Chase if I don't ask you about this. Um, and I know you're, the sports you spend the lion's share of your time uh, covering is golf. The uh, whole LIV, the live, whatever, however wow. you do that, it's becoming a pretty huge story. They, yeah. They're taking players away from the tour. They're signing people. When you look at this from a big golf perspective, what's happening? Well, it's just remarkable that I, I am, the two sports that I work in are football and golf, and both of them are just in total chaos, it seems, with all this discussion about where teams are going and, and you know, the, the landscape and payment of players, et cetera. And then you go over to the golf space and you have live free agency in, in professional golf. I mean, that's just not something that any of us were ever prepared to cover. I have the hardest time, Neil, criticizing players that are taking exorbitant amounts of money to feed their families and support their families for generations to come. In fact, one of my closest friends here in Charlotte is Harold Marner III, and he did that this week. And he he is a very close friend and if I were presented with the same situation that he was, chances are I probably would have made the same choice. But from my lens, as somebody that really cares about the game of golf and wants more people to care about the game, I don't know how this grows. I don't know how this makes that happen. When all of a sudden you have some of the best players playing in one place 
and the rest of the player best players playing in another place, that never helps any sport get better. In fact, it, it does the opposite. I mean, we could go to boxing, we could go to indie car racing, you could go back to basketball or football 40 and 50 years ago. And yeah. short of a merger, you know, you it, it, those sports struggled because of that. Um, I think that the next couple of years are going to be challenging for professional golf because, again, when you have some of the best players, 12 of the last 24 major champions are now playing for the Live Golf League. When something like that happens, the, the sport is going to suffer a bit because of it. Um, and I think it's going to be a few years before that changes. Make no mistake, the Saudis are buying golf so that they can do more business with the Western world. And if that ultimately happens, then I could see them saying, okay, that's enough. We, we, we bought golf for a little while and we don't really need it anymore because we made enough money off of it. I could see that happening. Um, but until that happens, if that happens, we're going to have two leagues in professional golf. I do think that the public only cares about one of those leagues, the PGA yeah. Tour, but you keep taking players away from it, it's only going to make the PGA Tour have to change its ways even more, and that's um, that's been a tough exercise for them this year. Yeah, I think you're right about the public cares about one and the other is just kind of like the circus that comes to town a little bit. Yeah. You're, you're curious, but you're not necessarily going to you know invest in it that much. But I don't know. At some point, if you take enough of the good young players, people who really love golf are going to watch the best golf. Yeah, well, I mean, let's just let, – and maybe this is a crazy example. But I actually used this the other day. Um, Wesley Walls is one of my best friends in the world, and he'll be with me in Oxford this week. And uh, I, he's a Charlotte guy. I just love him. He's just a dear friend. But I was trying to explain this to him and, and his wife. I was saying, what if Ole Miss was bought by some other entity and they were paid $500 million to go play football and play all their sports somewhere else? And they were playing 11 or 12 opponents, and it was like an exhibition-type environment. And you're not playing Alabama, LSU, and State, and anybody else. You're playing all these other teams. You would say, gosh, I would have done the same thing. The money is crazy good. I This changes everything we can do with the entire university and all the money that we can use you know, to, to build new facilities and et cetera. But there'd be no juice in the actual competition. And you'd say, I don't want to watch this. This, this doesn't yeah. feel like it matters. And that's what's happening right now with Live Golf. That's a fascinating analogy. I've never thought about it that way, but I think you're I think you're right. And I'm like you. I can't criticize the players when someone comes right. offers you generational wealth in your 20s or early 30s. How do you say no to that? I mean, you probably I, don't. You know, you got to take it. And, but yeah, at the same time, you're like, yeah, but this is not what I grew up wanting to do. And so I wonder if there's at some point down the road a little kind of buyer's remorse. Like, I man, think that's I think that's a very good. There's a very good possibility that'll happen. Hey, I, I've kept you uh, way too long. Enjoy your trip to Oxford. Hopefully I get a chance to see you at, at some point over the course of the weekend. If you have a free minute, you've got my number. Holler at me, and uh, maybe I'll, I'll run up and, and say hello. So, But if nothing else, I'll, I'm sure I'll see you at Broad Hemingway on Saturday. So safe travels, and thanks for spending some time with us. I think the world of you, my friend. Anytime. Right. Uh, you can count on it this weekend. I'll see you then. That's mutual, my, my man. Talk to you soon. All right. That was my uh, longtime friend, Taylor Zarzer. My very first radio gig was because of Taylor. So kind of him to spend some time with us. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? 
Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.